Hello, everyone. Welcome to Maggie and Mike talk about three things. Three things with Maggie and Mike. I'm Mike Agino. I'm uh, Maggie Sirota. And the reason I was playing uh, The Smiths, The Queen is Dead, mm-hmm. is because Maggie recently was talking, wrote, wrote an article about Morrissey uh, and how he is problematic. <laughs> And I was explaining to her how Morrissey and the Smiths have just always been problematic to me because I just can't take it. I don't know (laughs) what it is. It's just like not, I don't know. I just never really liked the Smiths. Marcy's voice is just like so tedious to me. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, you just weren't, I guess you just weren't a weird kid, man. I mean, I was a weird kid and I'm I'm into a lot of weird stuff, but just not that weird stuff. You weren't a certain kind of sensitive weird kid. Well, the thing yeah. is, I guess it didn't seem like weird to me in the way mm-hmm. like Jello Biafra is weird. Okay, like, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I was listening to like probably when kids were into the Smiths, I was like, "Ooh, bad religion." They use big words like paradigm. And <laughs> <fecundity>. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think jur- jurisprudence was the one. The, jurisprudence, the, yeah. I think that might have been the one, um, one of the bad religion SAT words that. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I did very well the verbal the SAT, and I have. Uh, you know, Greg, Greg, Greg Graffin, Graffin to, to thank think. for that. Yeah, hey! <laughs> Whoa, Greg Graffin, unison. I scored um, a yeah, hey! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the reason I was writing the article um, was because um, I guess at the Hollywood Bowl show this past weekend, Morrissey was selling autographed vinyl at his merch booth, which isn't weird on his face. Like, he was selling his own records on vinyl, Mm-hmm. autograph for $200. But for $300, you can just buy an autograph version of an album Morrissey likes that he has nothing to do with. That he signed? Yeah. Like for example, Patty oh. Smith's hor- Horses, you could like Morrissey <laughs> yeah. would write Morrissey Maz loves Patty. And that like somehow commanded a $300 asking price. I think this is, you know, yeah. and I want to, you know, maybe I should take credit for very early on, yeah, like heading everyone off at the pass and being like, <laughs> this guy sucks. Because I think to an extent, as a guitar player, I can get into Johnny Marr. Yeah. Like, I was just going to ask you. I mean, got cause... some cool stuff, but it's like, yeah. I think a little too like clean, pristine for me. A little too tinkly, a little too yeah. like, jangly. Which is weird. I mean, I like a lot of jangly British uh-huh. bands from the 80s. Okay. Um, but I, I don't know. I like, it never connected to me. Cause like, I need something that's got a little more, uh, to it. Like, okay. uh, it echo, just... echo and the bunny men to me is like a, you can compare them very much to the okay. Smiths because they have like a similar vibe. Right. Uh, where, where, you know, very affected singing, mm-hmm. jangly guitars, mm-hmm. great choruses. But I'm with I just you. like, was like, you know, when I listen to them, those are cooler lyrics to me okay. that I could relate to more than this sort of like spoiled schoolboy going on and on well, about I mean, he his was, feelings. You he know? was working class or like maybe a little below working class. He wasn't really like a spoiled schoolboy. Then I don't know why he sings like one then. <laughs> like, why would you choose that? I mean, I guess I could get. Oh, uh, what? We dropped something. I don't know what it was. Doesn't matter. Casualty. Casualty. <laughs> hit hit the iron sides. The iron sides? Oh. Yeah. What's that? Wait, which one? Quincy Jones. Oh, hang on. This is our problematic. Uh, well, you dropped something. What fell? What fell? Problematic. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <So there's- laughs> hang on. We're, we're still getting used to this. Right. There we go. We got a problem. 
You dropped something. Drop something. Find it. Find it was it. my cell phone. Oh, okay, good. Oh, thank All right, God. Good. Thank you, Quincy Jones. Oh, thank God. Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but back to Morrissey. Um, I mean, so, I mean, are you kind of congratulating yourself now, now that he's like a full-blown fascist? That kind way? of. I, I think a little bit. <laughs> I mean, when do I get to? You yeah. know, is there like, <laughs> is there a limit? Like, how long does he have to be an asshole before I... Right. No, I mean, I because I was a very big Morrissey fan, and um, I I think like four or five years ago, I just decided I'm not spending money on him anymore. So I just like yeah, you shouldn't. He just says things I can't defend, so it's like I'm not. I'm just kind of washed my hands of him. But yeah, I mean, I was you, just like that, but in the '80s. <laughs> <laughs> in the '80s, when you you know when you were nine. <laughs> yeah, I was well, and uh, well, maybe 1990. Okay. Okay. You know, I was like almost in eighth grade and that's when I started to get into my own music. Yeah, I think the But I listened to a lot of that stuff, you yeah. know? Like all that was around and people were like, This is cool music and you start to go down the rabbit hole yeah. of like British whatever eighties bands. Yeah, mopey British, like post punk bands. Yeah, and yeah. I and I found that I liked a lot of them, but it was like the Smiths just never like got there for me. Yeah. They're not for everyone. It's okay. They're not for everyone. I mean there's a lot of bands that I like that are not for everyone. But, yeah. Yeah. But they were just not for me. Yeah, not for you. And it's okay. That's okay. Because I don't know, I like like things that are funky, you have a lot of bump and bass. And but I mean, of, like, have you ever had that conflict where you realize like you enjoy someone's art and then they make it impossible for you to enjoy it anymore? Be like, have you ever had to? Make, oh yeah. Have you ever had to make that choice in your own life between like the art and and the artist? I know? think it's a harder to do with music than it is with anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're seeing that with, because uh, yeah. there are some, I mean, R. Kelly put out some bangers. Yeah. And yeah. we're seeing that now because he's just so problematic and just yeah. such an awful person that it's like, I can't listen to that music without without thinking of him, you know, being so, being abusive. Yeah, yeah. It's and awful. just a terrible person. And it's so attached now to this, you know, intense good feeling. It's like peaks and valleys. Like yeah. this intense good feeling that like Ignition Remix gives you yeah. is like, e- is the, an equal intense feeling of awfulness that his life gives you. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it was interesting for me when I went to my cousin's wedding earlier this year, how Michael Jackson and Jackson Five are still very much part of the wedding DJ. Like, yeah, yeah. Like kind of. But maybe you or... could say like he was a kid. He wasn't like. No, but I mean, I'm the, yeah. also like adult Michael Jackson. Like, yeah, but do you cancel him as like a little kid? Like, do you play no more ABC? No more. I don't know. I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, I, it's just hard not to think yeah. about it. I mean, the, the two things are so married. Like him as right. a star and him as an abuser. They're so married in my mind, especially since yeah. he used his like celebrity to kind of to kind of manipulate the stage parents into getting them to trust him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, mean. I just, he did terrible. Th- it's like I guess yeah. You don't want money going to him, but it's like maybe you already have like I already have Jackson Five Forty Fives in my yeah collection, yeah. and I'm probably not going to stop playing them. Right, right. But I don't know because I think like music's tough because songs that someone writes can have a life beyond their lives. Right, right. But. You know, I don't know, maybe Beethoven could have been, like, a complete asshole, like, you know, <laughs> grabbing people's butts and, and yeah. you know, trying to, like, kiss ladies that didn't want to be kissed or whatever. Yeah. But 200 years later, it's like, you're still going to listen to, like, Ode to Joy, I guess. Yeah, I guess, but it's just, like, 200 years later, I guess you're not, you're not like, bankrolling Beethoven, like, grabbing people's butts. 
Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's really problematic because it's like, I really like Ike Turner. Like, Ike Turner Uh is this, like, he's one of the inventors of rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, just as important as, like, uh, uh, Chuck Berry or, you know, um, what's his name? (laughs) Jake (laughs) Rattle and Roll. (laughs) Big Joe Turner. So he's, like, as important as, as a lot of these Right. These artists, I mean, I say Chuck Berry. It's like Chuck Berry was also really problematic, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, dating younger women and stuff like that. Or the um, surve- bathroom surveillance. The surve- yeah, oh, God, the bathroom yeah. surveillance. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was, nope. Just, like, awful things are Jerry Lee Lewis. But it's like, I think that those songs maybe do have a life beyond them at this point. I think with things, I think with things like that, people are, just have, like, been able to put up a moral distance because, well, that happened a long time ago. Everyone was more fucked yeah. up, you know, where it's... And maybe that song's not... It's not like a comedian where you have, like, Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. talking about all these, like, fucked up things. Yeah. And before you learn about what a creep he he was to people, mm-hmm. they're jokes. Mm-hmm. But then as you find out what he's done, all of a sudden they're not jokes. No, yeah. You know? Well- Would you like this if there was another singer? Maybe, possibly. Okay. I just don't really don't like Morrissey. Okay, you don't like Morrissey. That's fine. Like he's divisive. It's he, just he, his he voice divi- is like I can't. I don't know what it is. There's like a voices that rub me the wrong way, and Morrissey okay. is just one of them. Well, he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. He certainly does. I mean, nowadays. Yeah. But back in the past, he didn't. He only rubbed me the wrong way. No, he rubbed. Like, a lot of people the wrong way. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're like, yes, I'm kidding. Like, no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> he did rub me the wrong way. Marcy. Like, that's what it's kind of like. Can I hear some more of you as? I really like you as Morrissey, though. I think that's fun. He's like, um, I'm walking around in my jumper or whatever. <laughs> I'm walking around in my jumper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm crying at a bus stop. I don't know. Whatever. Put the iron sides on. <laughs> I'm crying at a bus stop. Oh, uh, my God. My mother wouldn't let me have porridge. <laughs> <laughs> my mother wouldn't let... I really like what you think of a Smith song. <laughs> Isn't that what it's like? <laughs> I don't know. Do some more. No, this is good. I forgot my gloves at school one day and my hands were cold. I don't know, that's just what it sounds like to me. Oh, God. My mother wouldn't let me have porridge. (laughs) I like how he's like a, he's like a, a Charles Dickens character in your imagination. It's like a Dickensian orphan. (laughs) Yes. Like his little pompadour. Can I have some more, please? (laughs) Can I have a penny farthing for some meat pies? Oh, my God. Oh, God. True story. True story. He was, you know, he's the Dickens of whatever. I mean... <laughs> 80s indie. He wrote a lot of, like, he wrote a song, some songs about um, serial killers back in the day. That, that's cool with that. 
But I don't know. It's just like the way it's delivered. Yeah. Sounds like, can I have some more porridge, mother? <laughs> <laughs> like to me. <laughs> All right. I think that's a good place to end on. Okay. I think for you. <laughs> but yeah. if you're like, I'm wondering, because um, there's a video of Michael Shannon fronting a Smith's covers band. Mm-hmm. And I they love pl- Michael Shannon. So and they play um the Queen is Dead all the way through the album. Listen mm-hmm. to that. Maybe if you hear the, the songs of another voice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I like to try to see what is good about other bands. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I have a lot of friends who like fish, but I just like yeah. fucking don't like fish. Yeah, no. I get um and there's like David Byrne, another voice. I just cannot take David Byrne's voice. It's like nails on a chalkboard for hmm. me. Okay. There's a lot of music I have hard opinions on, but I don't look at other people as worse for liking it. I just know that I don't like it. Like Bruce Springsteen. I just don't like him. I don't know what it is. I kind of feel that way about Bob Dylan. Like, I understand it, you guys. He's really influential and important. See, I love Bob Dylan. But I just I love him. I just, like, doesn't affect (laughs) me. Like, I was never able to connect with it. Oh, God. Maybe that's the you need to hear some good Dylan. uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Maybe we'll do that in a later segment okay. uh, uh, on another show. Maybe next episode. When you, hear, you just hear like the chain rattling as I'm trying to get away. Yeah. Like, no, you need to listen to Blonde on Blonde. Ooh, 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 ooh. Though, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Those are lyrics. Yes. All right, well, let's, let's get on to the next segment here. Okay, so the next thing that I want to talk about is um, I heard this really great podcast uh, on uh, this NPR podcast called the hidden brain okay and it's just like um this guy sort of like looks at the the brain and the subconscious and Mm -hmm. cognitive science and its effects on like life and society okay but uh this one was really good because it was about bullshit jobs so i've always wondered uh ever since i was very young like Mm -hmm. why does everybody need a job yeah there's so many people in the world and we've all had those jobs that are just like completely utterly meaningless do nothing to benefit society and sometimes we even do jobs that like hurt society yeah Um, i probably did one when i worked at a pharma company well let me i'm gonna read so this one guy came up with the five different types of useless jobs what's his name this guy david graber okay uh, he's an anthropologist mm-hmm. uh, at the school, uh, London School of Economics, mm-hmm. and so he came up with five kinds of like useless jobs that there okay. are. And it's also like why people are so miserable because okay. they they did this study uh, with students where they said we'll pay you two fifty to sit mm-hmm. here in quiet okay. for two minutes. Okay. Said or we could pay you to do these word word puzzles. Mm-hmm. And they said, what would you like to be paid to do these word puzzles? So they said, well, we want more money to do these word puzzles because we're doing something. Right. But what they found out through that was Mm -hmm. they were exponentially more happy Mm -hmm. because they were doing something that they Mm -hmm. felt was, like, uh, productive at the end of the day. Okay. Uh, rather than doing nothing. Okay. So it's kind of this idea of the, the if you can lean, you can clean. Okay. Was so, that, did you hear that a lot when we both worked on South Street? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we, we did. Okay, so backstory for those of us who don't know. Mike and I used to work on South just really menial jobs on South Street. I was a barista. I was a cranky barista and... Mike worked at the deli across the street and also at oh, the yeah, record the store. Oh, yeah, the deli. Yeah, I love the record store. Yeah. Because you could just sit there and listen to music, and that was your job. Yeah. But I, when I worked at the deli, it was awful. He paid me, like, nothing, and mm-hmm. and I'd be like, he'd be like, mop floor. It was, like, this big 
yeah. I don't know, weirdo guy. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, mop the floor. He's like, well, maybe mop it again. Like, he just wanted me to do stuff. I'm like, all right. I was like, I can't make sandwiches. He's like, no, I make sandwich. Like, I'm like, okay, you make the sandwich. He's like, you, you sweep, clean table, mop floor. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but it's the idea of, like, being on someone else's time. Yeah. So, therefore, that person has this right to, like, just keep you busy. Mm-hmm. So, then there's no incentive for you to be productive at all. Like, why would you be productive if it doesn't matter how fast or how much you get done? They just want you to work for the allotted time. Right. And that's why we have all these middle managers and just, I don't know, bullshit jobs. Pointless jobs. So there's um, five types of, of useless jobs that this guy's identified. Okay, Maybe okay. Maybe you can, like, sure. tell me yeah, please. as I describe them to you. So there's flunkies. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the type of jobs whose reason for existence is to make others feel important. Okay. Today, these include receptionists, doormen, or those people who organize meeting rooms. Mm-hmm. In the past, these would be uh, retainers wearing uniforms, opening doors, and standing around looking dignified. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's goons. Mm-hmm. Not the actual gangsters. Uh-huh. Who work hard at creating and growing a business of sorts, but those who have an element of aggression in their roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most anyone would concur. This is uh, Graber talking. I think most anyone would occur that were all telemarketers to disappear, the world would be a better place. He writes. Yeah. Which is yes. basically like these uh, corporate lawyers, mm-hmm. uh, lobbyists, PR people. Yeah. People who just like throw a bunch of bullshit in the air. Yeah. And, and just yeah. like cloud everyone's brains with nonsense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's duct tapers. Okay. Tell me about the duct tapers. So duct tapers, uh, uh, duct tapers comes from the software industry and refers to those who try to make two systems mm-hmm. designed separately for different tests uh, that work together. Uh, so basically, they try to solve problems that shouldn't exist in the first place. Okay, okay. Uh, the story that he gave was there was a, a man who worked in an office who wanted to get uh, his ceiling fixed. Uh-huh. So they said they'd send the carpenter. Uh-huh. So every few days when the carpenter didn't come, they would call, and there would be a guy who would just say, the carpenter's busy. Mm-hmm. And that was his job. He'd okay. Like, the carpenter will be with you in three days. He's busy. And so he was like, why don't you fire that guy? And then get another carpenter because obviously this carpenter is too busy. But then there's no one to answer the phone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> ah, got exactly, you. Exactly. The duct taper. Got you, duct taper. Uh, box tickers. Yeah. Uh, these are people who are creating work to show that, that something is being done. The mm-hmm. most miserable thing about box ticking jobs is that the employee is usually aware that not only does the box ticking exercise do nothing towards accomplishing its ostensible purpose, mm-hmm. it actually undermines it since it diverts time and resources away from the purpose itself. Hmm. So if you've ever had a meeting about a meeting about a meeting that's coming up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or a meeting that could have been an email. Yeah. Or these yeah. are like the box tickers of the people who are constantly trying to organize the organization. Gotcha. Gotcha. Of the, of the actual task that they're kind of they're pretty savvy. I kind of res- that's a kind of an interesting grift I respect. It is an interesting grift. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like it's not a grift because when you're very young, they tell you you need a job. Yeah, like you're not productive to society unless you have a job. Right. You need a job unless you're nothing, which is like not everybody needs a job. Like well, I think that's the basis of it. Not. not I'm, or I think it's just like, or even not so much you're nothing, but a job is necessary for your survival. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. that's the way the economy is certainly yeah. set up. But then it's like, 
the effects of the way it's set up is we've, we're seeing it playing out now where it's just like there's a bunch of nonsense jobs just because they need to create jobs so people can say they do something to deserve their house or their food or whatever right, it is. Right, right, yeah. When it's like there should just be like universal basic income or we should be more like Europe where we should be like leaning into our leisure time, you know what I mean? Right. Because everybody's got that thing, mm -hmm. you know, and it's a very Marxist in a way too. Yeah. Where it's like you get that leisure time. Yeah. You lean into it. You develop like like Europe has these very like um, complex complex ideas about leisure. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's very therapeutic and necessary. I think. And yeah. We just missed the boat here. Yeah. <laughs> or they took the boat here and then yeah. forgot about the leisure. <laughs> 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 oh wait, I think there's more here. So which like do you is there a pattern to your okay. jobs? Like is there one umbrella that your job a lot of your jobs have fallen under in that kind of bullshit arena? Well, I feel like my job I love my job now because it is very clear cut. Yeah. Like you need audio recorded or you need music written or you need something edited and I do that and then I have the thing at the end of the day to be like, this is what I did. Yeah. Yeah. But I've had job like I had a job that was a temp job where mm -hmm. we had to audit all of these social worker cases mm -hmm. for all of these foster care kids for the entire city of Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, so it was me and all of our like stoned friends. Yeah. This is so. This is like right after just <laughs> yeah. to kind of paint a picture. Um, our dirtbag friends. Um, <laughs> all of our dirtbag friends. <laughs> like they had names like Skulky. One of them Got actually tried. One of them tried to buy weed. Um, with a check and then wrote it in pencil and then wrote for weed in the memo. Just to yeah. kind of give you a cal the caliber of who we were. These were who with. these people were. Yes. Wonderful people. Wonderful. I love them. Love them. So our job was to say whether the cases, mm -hmm. like whether these kids deserved money from the state. Jesus. Because a bunch of 23-year-old hungover assholes like mm -hmm. lazy kids who yeah. all they cared about was being in bands or getting drunk yeah they were the ones who were doing this like uh, it's, yeah like this was like subcontracted yeah. off to temps the city like, failed their audit like really badly really wow <laughs> <laughs> sure you want to be admitting that on that? Well, i mean that this was years wait hit up <laughs> so you failed your audit <laughs> problematic problematic Sorry to all the foster care kids who we failed, but they trained us for like a day and then we're like, go look at these case files and then, you know, Jesus. figure out if these kids are, you know, have like uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys did your jobs to the best of your ability in the conditions you were in. I mean, I definitely did it because I had no clue what I was doing. Okay, all right. So I would ask people I think every this, day what I was doing. Like, what is this? Why is this like this? Yeah, I think this is like a system failure. <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah. over my head, and I was just a temp. Yeah. yeah. I think my most useless temp job, and I'm trying to figure out what, um, which one of these categories I even fall in. Um, maybe let's uh, kick up the story music. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, you want some unsolved mysteries? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, all right, you got it. Okay. So, so I got stuck in this really demoralizing six-year temp job. Where... Oh wait, sorry, this is the metal version. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's still good. Yeah, it's good. 
I got, so I um, got stuck in this six year um, dead end temp job where my job at barnesandnoble.com, oh, I'm sorry, should not, we'll cut the, we'll, well cut. We'll what cut. are they gonna do? <laughs> I had to like page through PDFs. Uh -huh. That was literally my entire job from like 9.30 to like 5.30. And like if my oh. boss walked by and saw me on the internet, which means I was probably just picking out a podcast to listen to while I did this tedious, awful work, I would get like a long passive aggressive email. Oh God. See, that's what they're talking about. It's yeah. like, it's like, it's their time. Yeah. And if you even try to do anything, they just shit on you because it's supposed to be their time. And then yeah. you're using their time to do your personal stuff. It's like people it's like, have lives. And like, it's like, no, I need something to put in my ears because this is demoralizing and tedious. <laughs> I'm, I'm clicking three buttons. That is my entire job. Three buttons. Yeah. Yeah, useless jobs. Yeah. That's a useless job. And then you wonder why people are miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty miserable. God, I was listening to it on the train, and uh, I was just looking around at people being like, he's got a useless job. She's got a useless Like, just by the looks on their faces. <laughs> what's, the kind, what, what's the indicator that the job is useless? Like, if you're just looking at people on the... Well, that those were the categories, the five categories. No, but but if you're just looking yeah. at, like you said, like what you said, you can look at people and say, oh, you got a useless. Job. Oh, they just have like a, I'm over this shit mm -hmm. face, you know. Gotcha. Like I don't, I don't have time for this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like it makes you miserable because you want to live your life, you know. Yeah. People only get so much life to live, and then you're wasting it away on, I don't know, TPS reports or whatever <laughs> yeah. goddamn bullshit. Yeah. Like there was one job of a guy. Uh, in Germany, mm -hmm. who the German army, if an officer wanted to like go from one office to another office, this guy would drive out, put their computer in, like their laptop in a box, mm -hmm. take it down the hall to the new office, and mm -hmm. then like open up the box and put the laptop in there. And sometimes he would drive like 500 miles just to do like 20 minutes of work where he just takes the laptop, mm -hmm. goes to the other office, and then puts it down. Mm -hmm. But it's like, how do you derive? meaning in your life from that's your job <laughs> how do you even explain your job to somebody if it's like that useless you know and it sucks yeah i mean it's great that you can support yourself on that but yeah no it's just tedious yeah yeah i don't know they should teach marks in grade school that's what i say <laughs> <laughs> start them young start them young. you don't need to put up with this bullshit share your cookies share, share your cookies, cookies. There's only so many cookies one person can eat. That's yeah. My, that's what I, the way I would come at it. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? Hoard the cookies and then not give them to your friends? Well, oh. There was like the, um, Ben Shapiro said something about Bernie Sanders sharing his birthday cake or something. Oh, okay. And literally everybody was like, that's the way birthday cake works. works. If you eat a whole birthday cake by yourself, you are a pig and an awful person. <laughs> like, like you have a party, you share your birthday cake with everyone because yeah. you only can eat a piece or two. Well, I'm gonna yourself. invite you. I'm gonna invite you over to my party, and then I'm just gonna <laughs> eat my cake in front of you. Just watching. Yeah. Cake. Yeah. It's like my party and cake eating watching party where you come. You're like, this is capitalism. This Why? is it. This you is. You get any of this? I'm building a barbed wire fence around this cake. You watch me eat this cake. This is, you're on my time. I will take a dump <laughs> on this cake before I let you eat it. <laughs> Capitalism, <laughs> fuck yeah. This is my cake.
<laughs> and you're like, I feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, can I go now? No, it's my time. <laughs> it's my time. You're on my time. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Coming in too fast. Watch your speed. He's coming right at us. Ah! Oh, shit. So, next subject. So, Mike. Yes. You slept over your friend's houses growing up, right? I did. What was the kind of bullshit you would watch? Um, like when the parents would go to bed or? Well, I mean, yeah. We, we did the normal uh, Skinamax nudie mm-hmm. movies trying to get the boob and the fuzz. So, like the fuzz, but like. But, I mean, probably. Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, okay. Was a huge favorite of ours. Okay. Love that. Point Break was another Oh, one. yeah. It's a good summer. So what, you're like 11 when Point Break? Uh... Yeah. Well, we got, I remember my friend came over mm-hmm. and we watched Point Break and my parents went out and, you know, my parents were like, nobody over the house while we're out. Mm-hmm. But still my friend came over and we watched Point Break and then we got it in our head that we uh, would skydive. Mm-hmm. So we were jumping out of the second story of our house onto a pile of pillows. Are you yard. serious? Yeah. Did you actually jump onto the pillows? Oh yeah. And then our parents came home and we're like, jump out the window. And he jumped out the window and our parents were just like, you know, we totally saw him <laughs> jumping out the window. Oh, awesome. We tried to lie. <laughs> Wait, so they saw your friend just like jump. Yeah. Incredible. My That's dad did great. the, did you have anyone over the house? Like, here's your chance to fess up. Oh, damn. And He's we like, like the fucking no. prosecutor. Like, no, nobody was over. You know, we just watched a movie. Who's we? Yeah. It was like me and Dave, my brother. He was just like, no, I saw him jump out of the fucking window, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> You're all grounded. That's going to be so weird when your parents are like, you think I'm a goddamn moron. Yeah, you think I'm an idiot. I'm sure I'm going to be there at one day. Yeah, now that you're a dad. But um, for me, it kind of depended on the friends. So my friend Jillian... Um, who is now in eighth grade. She is now, I think, a burlesque dancer. Shout out to Jillian. Nice. Um, Where, in New York? Me, I think Philly, actually. Oh, right on. Good yeah, for her. Good for her. Um, she, well, I went to her place, and we. she was, like, the one that was in the horror movies. Like, her brother had, like, all the Fangoria, mm-hmm. like, stuff all over the wall. So we watched Faces of Death. Oh, yeah. And even when people, like, tell you, well, it's fake, that, I mean, there's still, like, documentary footage of corpses and people that have drowned and, like, there's still, like, B-roll of really fucked up stuff happening and it's, like... It's super intense for, like, yeah. a kid to yeah. watch with no, like, frame of reference. Yeah, yeah. I definitely remember uh, vividly, like, the kind of image of, like, a dude that drowned and how, like... Oh, I know um, what you're, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, Horrifying. Yeah. And that just fucked me. I remember just staring at the ceiling all night like, what did we do? We <laughs> made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, kids who try to smoke banana peels, it's like the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I don't feel so good. Did you ever try to smoke banana peels? No, I was okay. straight edge. Okay. I never tried to smoke anything until later in life. Right. Um, so that was, that one was a big, I'm going to chalk that one in the mistake category, Faces of Death. Even though, like, I come to find out later, like, oh, that, we, that, like, electric chair scene is totally staged. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're not just, like, sitting there smoking a cigarette and some dude just comes telling you, all right, time to get fried, like. 
I th- I definitely thought it was real when I was a kid. Yeah, when and I was it watching definitely it, definitely made yeah. me nauseous where I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, it fucked me up. Um, on the lighter side, I had this mm-hmm. one friend whose uncle got free worked for Warner Brothers and got free VHS tapes, which was, like, the coolest thing at the time. <laughs> Um, but, um, so one of them was Gremlins 2, which became, like, my friend Kate and I's go-to slumber party movie. Yes, the new batch. Yes, new batch. Shout out, shout out to Kate. Shout out to an underrated comedy sequel, comedy horror sequel. It's terrible, but it's... No, it's great. great. That's the part, okay, the part where they're doing... I mean, it's not the first one I go grab for off the shelf. No, it's funny. It's if you funny. millennials can relate to grabbing a video off the shelf. Yeah, if you're grabbing, not grab that. Can you feel that VHS mm. right in your hand? <laughs> yeah, that box. That box. Is like... The fold-out. Um, but the one that like I think I watched the most that murdered me every time was Airplane. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Which, great. So yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of it doesn't obviously doesn't hold up, but just like nothing made my friend Stacy and I, shout out to Stacy, um, laugh harder than when Robert Stack is talking about the shit hitting the fan and then like this like shit hits the fan yeah yeah man the shit actually hits the fan like is there anything that was that- like so ahead of its time uh when they did it but it was like it's so funny yeah they were just like any joke they're like do you have a joke okay it's in the movie do you yeah. have a joke the, the the pa do you have a joke all right it's in the movie yeah <laughs> is it crass wonderful great great <laughs> Okay, for my last thing, I want to talk about this haunted house that uh, is said to pay you $20,000 if you can, like, survive it. Mm-hmm. So, um, at first... Do you I, mean, like, physically survive it? Like, well, as I found out, yes. <laughs> okay. So, when you think of a haunted house... Uh, you know, I was on a ghost hunting show for years. Mm-hmm. So somebody was like, wouldn't you just, would you do this for $20,000? And I was like, go through a haunted house. I was like, hell yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. Like, I got it. And then they're like, well, read the waiver. So the waiver says, it's it's horrifying. So, so where, where, what are you reading from? So this is an article uh, about it. So there's a waiver from? that from geek.com. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to geek.com. Okay. I have no idea what you are, but thanks for this information, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, it's called McCamey Manor. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a 40 page legal waiver that you have to sign to even mm-hmm. go through this. Okay. And uh, they said that once you go inside, there is no quitting unless serious physical or psychological injury is present. And having a panic attack doesn't count as qualification. But how do you even enforce that one? I don't know. Like, no quitting. Like, fuck you. But but that's not all. Injuries may occur during their tour, which may include, but not limited to, head, neck, and back injuries, death, stroke, and traumatic brain injury. Uh, And I read somewhere that they will, like, pull out your fingernails, too. And you have to last for 10 hours through this. Which I'm saying 20K is not, not en- enough. Yeah, if you're going to like endure like endure like permanent brain injury, $20,000 isn't paying that tab. Um, I mean, the, the owner brags that no one's ever been able to sue him successfully, which I kind of don't understand because yeah. number one, a haunted house is like, they're supposed to scare you. Was it's the supposed own- to be psychological, yeah. not torture. Right. It's not like, hey man, come to my haunted house. 
and uh, I'll give you a million dollars if you can survive it. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to waterboard you for three hours. Like, <laughs> I'm going to waterboard you for three days. And then I'm just going to like hammer a nail right through your skull? Like. Yeah. I'm going to shoot you in the chest. I'm going to cut you in half with a chainsaw. Wait, so Real scary. Is the, owner, is the owner of this haunted house Jigsaw from the Saw movies? Uh, it sounds like it. It sounds like they're... Um, they just want to be tortured for this money. It doesn't sound like a haunted house. Do we have any testimonials from people who have endured this haunted house? And oh, I have to find one. <laughs> like, is this just, just basically just like a dungeon? Like, hey, just run a dungeon, guy. It does seem like that. It just sounds like backyard wrestling that you're not up, like that you don't have the option of leaving. So it says that a change.org petition was recently started to shut down uh, Mackie Manor or McKamey Manor, due to concerns over physical and mental trauma. Roughly 30,000 people have signed so far. Uh, they say the experience is a torture chamber under disguise, which I 100% agree with. Yeah. You're just torturing people. You're not scaring yeah. them. Yeah. Has anyone won $20,000? No, nobody has. Okay, yeah, this guy just likes to torture people. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, she's like, you're a pussy. I, I pulled out all of your toenails and just quit your crying. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's not a scare. It's just like, hey, like, oh, I don't I just, like, pay to just get locked up with Freddy Krueger. But, yeah, that's basically, yeah, it's a, it's a torture chamber. Well, I mean, I'm kind of impressed that that guy is getting away with running a torture chamber. I don't know how it's legal. Uh, it's probably not. I mean. Well, if you sign a waiver, like, like, if you were, like, if, if I gave you a waiver and you were, like, um, I was like, Here, here's an NDA or like a waiver. I might kill you. And you say, it's okay if you kill me. I still can't kill you. Yeah. Like, like it's still legal. Waiver and it says like, Mike, you know, you can totally shoot me in the head. You can totally kill me. Yeah. And, then, and then I go and kill. It's like, no. So then the cop show up. She signed the waiver. Look at the waiver, though. Look at the waiver. <laughs> I know this looks bad. It's like there's actually like steam coming out of my split head. Like, yeah. on the ground. Like. Yeah. Like, she signed the waiver, though. Yeah, like, she knew what she was getting into. The cops would just be like, you're a fucking moron. You're going yeah. to jail forever. Yeah, all of a sudden you just feel like a the butt of a gun against your skull. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, no. Okay. That is the intro to Jesus Jones's right here, right now. <laughs> I was trying to do it in Robert Stack voice. Oh, well, that was a good effort. So, what do you want to say about the song? Oh, okay. So, I was reading. All right. So, I work at Spin, as I'm sure I've mentioned before. And every now and then I read old um, back issues. And there was kind of a fun kind of secret history to this song. Apparently, Bill Clinton was using this song in the 92 campaign mm -hmm. um, as ahead of rallies and whatnot. And um, it was almost the official campaign song, but they switched to... Um, the Fleetwood Mac song? Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to... And apparently, I was so I was reading The Guardian, and I was reading an interview with Mike Edwards, the lead singer of Jesus Jones. Mm -hmm. By the way, I saw Jesus Jones live in 1993. Ooh. Yeah, Tower Theater, Philadelphia. Nice. Um, and um, apparently, like, Hillary was using it for a little bit in 2007. Uh-huh. 
Until they switched over to whatever they switched over to. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Well, I don't know what they used in, in Hillary when she was running against Obama. And, oh, no, that's yeah. not it. That was, I'm thinking of the Clinton one. Yeah, the, yeah. The Bill Clinton. So apparently this is something that gets recycled among the Clintons, Jesus Jones. And um, I'm kind of wondering if there would have been like an alternate history for that band had this um, become, just stayed the Clinton campaign song. Cause like even yeah even before like I mentioned it you were like oh yeah the Fleetwood Mac song of course yeah 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 <laughs> so maybe this would but I mean like I I feel like this song is also crazy popular yeah I mean this has even on Spotify I'm looking at it right now it has ten million over ten million plays yeah for a song that is almost thirty years old that's pretty good yeah yeah um it was kind of funny did you ever watch that season of um. That Wet Hot American Summer season on Netflix? Uh, which one? The later one? or There's two of them. No, not the movie, but like the one the that show. was later. Yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, there's two two seasons. Oh, okay. I, okay, so do you remember how like they kept using like right here, right now to denote like we are in the 90s now? <laughs> like you would just hear the opening like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a good song. I mean, like I remember when this came out and it was like you know buzz bin or whatever it was on mtv yeah but i, I always love the interviews with them yeah because they were just like asking really dumb questions and then they're like well you know i just feel like we need a song for that's like about now and here <laughs> right now i just <laughs> like, enjoy that the video was um the video was just designed around the idea of making watching cable news look compelling Oh, but like yeah. making watching someone watch cable news look compelling, just like well, that was that whole. It's like kind of like a homage to Clockwork Orange, I guess, a little mm -hmm. bit. But also like there's that whole thing where like directors love like to be so edgy, and like mm -hmm. '90s video directors were getting paid like they would have like multi million dollar budgets for the videos, yeah, and they always wanted to like say something. Right. And that was like a big trope of like, TV's rotting our brains. We should like go outside and well, kind of like be friends instead of TV making us hate each other. Well, that kind of, yeah. Because remember the right here, right now video, like Van Halen, when Van Halen oh, yeah. tried to be deep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, was that the, maybe I'm mixing it up with the um, one with the Blue Angels. No, 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 that's a different song. Okay. That's the it's like all about the Blue Angels. No, the, that is not what I'm the, talking about. The aerobatic Navy's aerobatic fighter team. No, the, right now <laughs> was the move, was the one where you just read the whole video. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, like uh, that's an homage to, to Bob Dylan. Yeah. The uh, mixing of the medicine, Papa's in the basement. You might be this. thinking of the NXS video where they. But also, yeah, it yeah. is also that. But okay. I mean, like they also would. Wait, maybe we should maybe we should bring this up. Yeah. So I can see um, what you're talking about here. Wait, the Van Halen video right here? Right now. Okay. That's uh I'm not a big Sam Hagar fan. Well no, but this was a popular video and it won a bunch of awards when it was out. I mean I, I know. I'm just I'm just uh, I'm putting that out there <laughs> for anybody. Who might think that I'm a Sammy Hagar fan? Word on the street is I'm a Sammy Hagar fan. Let me tell you guys something. Okay, so here's the... Yeah. Uh, the quality is terrible. Right now, Ed is playing the piano. 
right now there's sperm. Oh yeah, right now people are having un. I totally remember this. Yes, yeah. They uh, are getting very socially conscious. But I kind of feel like there was definitely a time um, in '90s music videos where if you had text, you were deep. Like if you if you had words saying anything. Yeah, it was like because like, like reading is like smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this because like there's some things like. Uh, I don't know who looked up all this stuff. There's some, maybe we could find the the researcher PA assistant yeah. who had to like look all this stuff up and like fact check all the things that they're saying. <laughs> right now there's a bomb factory hard at work. What does that mean? Right now, um, he will, there's a, right now somebody's got the wrong idea. Yeah, this is the epitome of just like fake deep to me. Yeah. Oh, the puppets, marionettes. Right now, oil companies and old men are in control. Uh, right now, Sammy Hagar's a Republican. <laughs> is he? Yeah. I know he likes tequila. <laughs> he is a Republican who likes tequila. Right now. I like how we went to Jesus Jones to another... Yeah. This is... I, I gotta, I'm gonna stop this and then yeah. go back to Jesus Jones because I really like this song. Let me okay. see that here. Well, Jesus Jones was kind of in this weird, like, like people talk about how grunge kind of killed hair metal. Like it also yeah. kind of like, kind of kneecapped the momentum of some of the weird, like, dance bands coming out of Yeah, that like UK. Happy Mondays. Kinda. Yeah, yeah. This is good. I mean, his voice is cool. I used to think he was really hot. I had a big crush on him. I was very excited when my friends and I met him, when we hung out That's by the cool. tour bus. I'm not yeah. gonna argue with that. Yeah. I mean, there are things that like help you get famous, and being hot is one of them, I guess. <laughs> but also he, being a good songwriter. He's apparently a personal trainer. Good for him. Yeah. Staying healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh, uh, we're so proud of you, Mike Edwards. Well, do you have anything more to say about no. Jesus Jones? Nope. Uh, well, I'll, I think I'll let the song take us out. All right, take us out, Mike Edwards. That's uh, the end of the episode. Bye. Thank you for listening. I've waited for this, guys. For right so long. Here, right now. Right now. Oh, I'm Mike Gagino. Maggie Sirota. Right Reminding there. you to stay present right here, right now. Until next time. Don't let the TV rot your brain. <laughs> Jobless. In your ear. Podcast Network.